Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello everybody and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast and today we are joined by CIM's Director of Marketing, Gemma Butler, and a special guest who is returning to the podcast with her expertise and knowledge, particularly through the lens of recruitment and learning, and that is Claire Kemsley, who is UK and Ireland MD at Hayes Marketing. Claire, Gemma, how are you two today? Good, thank you. Very well, thank you. You know, in recent podcasts, we've been talking about the need and incumbency on marketers to lifelong learn, to keep improving themselves, to make sure that they're not standing still and how they manage that. And that's one element. A context for that, an important context of that is to be aware of what is marketing and what's around us as marketers. And therefore, we can work out what parts of those we need to know in our jobs and how they're going to improve our careers and ourselves as executives in the industry. Um, it strikes me, Gemma Butler, the remit of marketing is ever-changing to the point where sometimes it's hard even to define what being a marketer is. And given that, where do we start? That is an interesting question and one I do not have the answer to. However, um, I think the role and remit of marketing is something that we have been debating for for years and years and years. And I think Marketing is it, it means different things and it, it to different organizations and it sits in different places and organizations and Claire and I regularly have catch ups and chats about marketing versus digital versus IT versus web and all of these things. But we now have another element coming in, which is the increasing societal challenges, which are now also being brought into marketing. So I think from other podcasts, we've we've showed that. The role of marketing as a function has become elevated since we went into lockdown in 2020. There's more around strategy and brand um, and the, you know, marketing being the custodians of the brand and also really, really key in driving the organisational culture. And that is driven from within, but also from what you put out there. So, you know, these these societal challenges around data and sustainability and ED&I are all playing a big factor. And in fact, only yesterday I was reading an article from FE Week, which now states that sustainability is the fourth functional skill. Right. They are massive sort of huge juggernauts, which are sort of driving into the sector, aren't they? Sustainability is something that is a clear and present need to understand and know how to cope with and tackle and become experts at uh, ED&I. Uh, and of course, data, the massive uh, juggernaut of data and understanding that and how we manage it as marketers. Claire Kemsley, where do we start? You know, they are three big factors that marketers are having to deal with in their daily lives now that they weren't perhaps having to deal with 10 or 20 years ago. I, I think I think that is 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 true. Um, and I think all three of those particular conversations around sustainability, ED9 data are, are not only prevalent, they're happening every day with the marketing community that I speak with. And I think also we don't have much time to sometimes to drill down into how they affect uh, the marketeer um, of, of the day in their profession. And I'd like to take a moment on the ED&I piece because we, as you know, do a regular ED&I 
survey amongst the marketing fraternity every year. And we had some disappointing, I suppose, data that came through from that um, particular piece of, of, of work this year. And I, my overall view would be that when it came to EDI, the marketing profession uh, feel rather despondent. And just to give you a flavour, we asked several questions, obviously, but one of the important questions was, you know, do professionals see action when it comes to EGI? You know, they are, as we've said, responsible, they're custodians of the brand, they support the business when they're setting values. But actually, these marketeers, when we asked, do you agree that action on EGI is happening? Overall, because we asked many different professions, 48% across 15 different professions said yes, but. 34% of marketeers believe their employer combines discussion with action, which means that uh, just under 60% of our feedback from the survey said that marketing PR and communications say their employers talk about it, but 60% said they do not action it. And I think that's that's a pretty disappointing number from, from one particular profession. So I do think that Gemma, we've talked a lot about sustainability. We're going to talk a lot more about that and data later on in, in, in this conversation. But I do think, yes, I think the word I would say then is I think the marketeers, when it comes to EDI, a huge, valuable, important subject is despondent. Despondent because there's some diversity washing going on, that the presentation doesn't reflect the reality. Yes, I think that's the case. And, and, and I feel that um, it, it is a challenge for many, many businesses. Um, you know, EDI is the top of most uh, most agendas for a lot of businesses. But when you consider that some of the data also showed us that groups that feel there isn't an equal opportunity to succeed in a profession, 44%, um, uh, under half of marketeers, believe people from all backgrounds will have an equal opportunity to succeed in their organisation. And and I guess without be, being um, over anxious about it, I suppose, or over concerned, 9%, only 9% of marketing, PR and comms professionals believe this equal opportunity will happen within the next five years. So without, as I say, wanting to to start this podcast on, on what could be perceived a negative um, point of view, I just think it's a, an important conversation that now rests alongside those other conversations around data and sustainability uh, that the marketer of today has, has to face as their role ever becomes wider and wider. So well under half of them think it, there is an equal opportunity to succeed in the sector. And of those, most of them don't believe that opportunity will arrive in the next five years. Mm, absolutely. Gemma Butler, this is a sector that prides itself or it, it, it sees itself normally as being progressive and at the vanguard of diversity and, and helping uh, groups that have not always been as successful in business. And it's simply not. I think it's um, I think there's, you know, there is the overwhelming size of the challenges we face that probably is having you know that impact at the moment and and trying to get your head around all of that um whilst at the same time technology is still running a thousand miles an hour and then we're now all seeing that digital skills are falling behind and which way do you look literally as somebody working in the sector and you stand there where do you focus and i think you know it's time to slow down and it's time to stop and think and work out where am I most useful as a marketer, 
as a marketing function, as a business. And I think we need to, you know, with the complexity of all of these challenges and in a sector that wants to be more diverse and wants to be more inclusive, but we know the reality is it isn't. And there's a lot more that needs to be done. How how can we be useful and how can we, you know, approach these things in a way that we just don't get completely overwhelmed? Is that the, is that what's happening here, Claire, that we're in danger of fighting on three fronts, at least three fronts, um, and winning none of them? Yes, I think if we go back to Gemma's first statement about um, marketing uh, being a, a, a department that has absolutely um, risen uh, over the last few, 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 few years, thankfully, to I feel the place it needs to be, which is absolutely in the centre of the business. You know, I used the word in, in a piece I wrote, catapulted into the boardroom and and it sounds a little bit exaggerated but absolutely it's absolutely true whether it's the boardroom the committee room you know whether it's part of the the public sector department you work for it is absolutely there now the challenge though is now it's there with these three particular large conversations to have there is nowhere for it to hide either and i think um to, to Gemma's point there is such a movement at such a pace, you know, as Owen Tebbett from IBM said last year, you know, lots of organisations, particularly from a marketing perspective, are going to this hyper digitalization. Um, everything is, is, is moving at such a pace. We do need to do uh, what Gemma says and we need to take a breath mm. and take an opportunity to say, not just in my career and not just in my workplace, but as a marketeer, am I being, as Gemma says, useful? And Dr. Simon Kelly, who Gemma and I have, have worked with quite closely over the last few years, wrote a co-authored a book um, called Standout Marketing, where he talks about this value competencies and the you was usefulness, you know, and, and, I, and I remember him running some roundtables and just saying to us, you know, you need the discipline to recognise that adding value to your customers, being useful is all about actually what the other person wants, not yeah. about what you or your company are trying to achieve. And I think, actually, Gemma, there is that whole sustainability piece in there, isn't there? Not just what you and your company are trying to achieve, but actually it needs to be what your customers want. And I think these three, sustainability, EDI, and data, um, it can become very easy, can't it, Gemma, to be inward looking. What are we doing for ourselves? Um, and to probably not look at how that is seen, uh, vocalised, what that narrative looks like, actually for your customers. From, a, from an authentic brand perspective. Yeah, so thinking customer and being outward looking, being extrospective, if you like, can be liberating because it can help us focus on where we can add value and where we can be the you of useful. It's not always that easy to achieve, though, is it, Gemma Butler, when you're in an internal organisation and you're finding pressures from within to do everything and anything. How, as a marketer, do you say to your own business, look, this is where I'm going to add value. This is what our customers want. This is what our customers need. And the rest of it is either noise or it's for somebody else to do. I think that's a great question. And, you know, I think it's about this is where the, the, the skills of marketers come in around, you know, collecting that data and, and analysing it and looking at it to understand what do your customers want? What do prospective customers want? But also from the internal perspective saying, why do we exist as an organisation? Because there's so much more pressure now um, and it's only going to continue to increase around organisations delivering against, you know, the triple bottom line, 
why do I exist to serve society and what is my role here and I think that's why we kind of have to stop and take this breath because you cannot sit there and say as part of my strategy we're going to deal with sustainability EDI, data digital and everything it's it's not possible you know and we've been we've been having this discussion around digital for you know for quite a number of years as well where new technology is coming out all the time and organizations run to invest in it before their consumers or the customer is even using it and i think this is the same in relation to these big societal issues we need to stop treating them like tick box exercises. If you're going to do something about it, do it because you want to and because it's authentic. And actually, be open and transparent about what you're not doing and where you still need to make further efforts. And the tick boxing, the box ticking, takes a lot of time, doesn't it, Claire Kemsley? And it's a wasted time most of the time. It does take a lot of time. And, and I, I would like to think that in this moment, where I think marketing is, um, which I think is quite a defining moment, Gemma. We've talked about that too. I think we have an opportunity, I think, to shape what our profession might look like for the next three to five years. I think we really do. And we need to make sure that we are not just ticking those boxes because, to, to your point, if that then uh, transpires to not be authentic and not be to the true purpose of, of what we really say we are, um, which happened with a lot of organisations over the last two years, um, their authenticity was questioned and found to be wanting at best in some instances, then th th there's the danger zone. But I think it's all, all also about um, the response to, to um, the situation today can also be, as you say, more product, more, more, more. Let's feed the market with more product. Interestingly, there are over 30,000 uh, marketing jobs advertised at the moment on job boards direct by um, customers, so direct by employers. And the top job at the moment, product manager, just over 3,000. Now, that's been jumping between one and three, probably for the last year. But I think that's an interesting um, moment to reflect on because if we are doing what we think we might be Gemma constantly producing more product and more product and more product that isn't actually going to tick any of those boxes because it certainly isn't going to lead our sustainability it certainly isn't going to 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 make us focus on the right data potentially and I would question um in if our whole focus being is product driven all the time I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with product but product driven all the time then maybe we're going to miss out on that third piece, the EDI piece that so matters to not just the makeup of our own business, but how our customers perceive us. I think it's a challenging time. How do you, how do you make that case, Gemma, if you're a marketer in an organisation and people think, some people think marketers' jobs, really the core of their job is selling things. Marketers say, well, it's broader than that. There's a lot more to it than selling things. And yet, how do you make that case if you're a marketer in the organisation, which has a very commercial focus, more, 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 that actually less is more or at least being selective is more i think we've got to be you know use our skills to um take what is happening out there the conversations that are happening out there the challenges the things that mean something to people and bring that information back in and it's almost the case if it's not being led from the top down then as marketers we need to be shouting up um, and, and building that case for change more than anything else, because that ultimately is is what we do. We, you know, we are the lens that looks out and brings that information in, and then we take things out. And you know, the, it's interesting that product managers are currently the number one job. I'd hope that those 
people are, you know, those organizations are looking for product managers to talk about circularity and how, you know, how, what do we do when the product's end of life? And we need, you know, we need more product managers because we need the innovation and we need to start looking at things and how we do things differently. I'm, I'm not entirely sure we're there yet, but I would hope we are. Is a hope then, but not an expectation necessarily that that is a key plank of the product manager's roles. Are we talking, Claire, about the difference between generalist and specialist, which is something a topic we've touched on, you know, in the past? That actually the, the shift has generally been towards more generalist, um, and as we become more generalist, we're supposed to be more holistic, but it can it carries with it that attendant risk that we try to do everything. Is there a tension yet again in the sector, in the recruitment sector, between generalists and, and specialists? And, you know, do you expect a shift to reverse? The role, the roles um, in marketing are evolving all the time. So, so as uh, we would hope, we three would very much hope that those product roles are definitely focused on the big, bigger question of sustainability and the genuine life cycle of product. However, with the involvement of the roles, some of them are becoming actually more specialist again. We are, so are we going back to those side of digital roles? No, I don't think we are what I see in the marketplace. But I looked at a couple of examples of those data driven roles the other day, Gemma, when we were talking. And there is absolutely um, a, 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 a need for these very specialist roles because of the sheer amount of data that we are now um, able to, to collate from our customer. And therefore, the ability to find the insight to ensure potentially that maybe those new products where we're trying to meet the needs of the, of the customer of the future can be much more wrapped around the sustainability piece. So, for example, just to give you an idea of some of the more technical roles, I think, um, that, that we're looking at and we see in the market, you know, database analytics managers, improv services. These roles now sit very much in the heart of the marketing team. You know, they're, they're around supporting both not just the marketing analysis and campaigns, but also they sometimes include creating the customer persona. Um, and that's all around the beta, data. So they're not business analytical roles anymore or straightforward data insights. They're actually using the data and information for the pure purposes of marketing. Whereas three, four years ago, if you saw a job title database and analytics manager, it would potentially have been around that kind of business business analytics, you know, internal productivity um, or, or business science. In publishing, uh, we're seeing a lot of analysis roles, um, a lot of analytical roles where the data analysis um, influence very much the strategy um, and giving insight into the return on investment and lifetime value. So, so these are relatively specialist roles then. And what's interesting is they're attracting individuals into the marketing function. And I think we've touched on this in the past from different disciplines. So, mm. you know, those people who are in tech, for example, who may, you know, SQL, Wireframe and Python and, you know, 8,000 different softwares and we can use in marketing now. Um, they are actually shifting into, Ben, these marketing teams. But that leads a challenge, doesn't it, Gemma? Are they marketeers, quote, or are they people who are doing a technical job that we need done in marketing? That, to me, Gemma, is the biggest challenge. Uh, where do these roles sit? Are they truly marketing roles because they're focused on the customer data and behaviour? Or is there a danger that some of them are becoming so technical, therefore will become siloed again, that we will lose what we want to always have in marketing, which is that genuine innovation and creativity to allow us to look at these, you know, the, these three questions of data, 
sustainability needs you know there are two classic interpretations of that aren't there one the specialist roles will help reduce overwhelm will enable us to focus on where we're useful we're able to do uh, less but better and the second interpretation the negative interpretation is as you've just outlined that actually the more we specialize the more we become siloed and tackling these massive challenges of sustainability edni and data becomes harder because we're not integrated. We, we don't have a holistic view. And Gemma, where do you sit on that spectrum? I mean, it, it's it's an interesting debate and I don't think it's, it's a debate that's going to carry on. And I, I don't think there is any right or wrong way of structuring your marketing function because it's, it's based on a ver number of variable factors. I think what sits at the core of this is the, the power of effective communication. And, you know, as one thing a marketing function has to do is work across all of the other business operations um, within the organization it's in. And, you know, therefore, if those data analysts sit in marketing or they sit in IT, having that, that um, communication and, and those silos broken down will ultimately help um, that organization, you know, meet its objectives. Um, a lot better than those that work completely in isolation and don't talk to each other. Is there a happy middle ground then, Claire Kemsley, where we have a shared discipline, say, for example, communication that links us all together as marketers, and we have a shared structure that links us all together as marketers, while also enjoying and delivering our own specialist skills? I, I would I would hope there is, and I have seen um, in organisations where structures lead, um, uh, to to that, I suppose that central point of communications being where 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 it should be, uh, and to your point, Gemma, that connectivity, not just of different departments internally, but actually the different functions within the marketing team, because the communications is so important. Um, and when we talked about soft skills last year and the year before, and we look at the data that we've collated this year, you know, it's number one the ability to to communicate. Um, and interpersonal skills is, is number one in the in the top soft skills um, that marketers um, uh, require at the moment, alongside obviously flexibility and adaptability, which we've we've all had to to definitely find our way through in the last couple of years. So I do think it's possible, but I do I do. I do challenge myself when I look at the organisation structures of many of the customers we deal with because they are becoming quite siloed. So you might have an overarching head of marketing, for example, but then, you know, I can look at an organisation, they've got a head of digital where the analytics team sit, but they've also got a head of data where you're some of the ECRM might sit exactly. And then you've got the head of communications, but then you've got the, the, the head of marketing planning. So when I look at that type of organisational structure, I instantly feel, Gemma, as we've talked about before, oh, this, this this is quite determined, I would call it, isn't it? It's quite a determined uh, fixed structure. What you need and hope you will have there is the ability for those those that structure to flex and for them that crossover, that fertilization of skill set. That's what I think we need to be looking for, isn't it? The, the fertilization of skill skill set. Because in fact, across these teams now, Gem, when it comes to communications, a lot of this tech skill is required. If you're going to communicate effectively internally and externally you've got to have someone who totally gets the social media piece if you know if you're going to have internal communications you've got to have someone who understands the the language and the tone of voice that your different departments internally will use i mean let's think audit to finance to legal you know that that in itself 
um, from an internal communications perspective can be a challenge. So I, I do I do think there's a move towards understanding then that this needs to happen. But then I look and reflect on the number of analytical roles, UX design roles, data interpretation roles that are, that we're looking at for our customer base at the moment. And where they sit is a bit of a challenge if we don't have this ability to communicate, I would suggest, Gemma. And I think just throwing something else into the mix here is uh, also within the article by Effie Week, it says that there will be two million new green jobs by 2030. Where on earth are they going to sit? I think with the growing complexities, with the growing remit of what business needs to do um, and the fact that business is being seen as the key driver for change, I think we are just going to constantly be challenged to how we structure our organisations, how we structure our marketing departments. But if people can work together, then almost how you structure should come secondary to the fact that you need to actually communicate with each other. How do you make them work together, though? Silo carries such a negative connotation. I'm, I'll try not to use that word. But if they're in defined, shall we say, roles, specialist roles, and the structure has a specialist channel, how do you make them work together? I, I'm excited about those organisations where I think they are trying to do this. And this is all about actually them understanding their own purpose of their own brand. This, this the ability to communicate, if you understand that your, your business is aiming to, to, towards genuinely being and offering products and, and services that are going to be sustainable in the future, if you genuinely see um, an impressive program um, of, uh, that, that's being supported by your HR and EDI function, if you definitely can see that the technical piece, the data insights is, is enabling you to be a more creative, innovative marketeer, therefore meet the needs of your customer in a very genuine, purposeful way. That's what I think. I think it's a common goal of the business. I think marketeers uh, need to be at the forefront of understanding and setting the objectives of the business. They need to be in that central strategic place because then they have this common goal or three common goals, understanding and using data with with, with an ethical uh, with an ethical lens, understand the importance of the balanced workplace, the, the fantastic innovation and creativity you have when you have a, a really strong EDI and i um, sense of purpose, and then to, to, to your chosen subject, Gemma, sustainability. And I do think it's this common ground. We are, if they understand that the the role they have is so connected to to the greater good. Of, of the brand, therefore the greater good of their customer base. I do think that is where you can start, Gemma, where you can really begin to build a sustainable business, a sustainable team. Um, it, 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 it's becoming uh, apparent in some businesses. It's not obvious in all businesses. So is this you know, engendering this sort of idea of common purpose, of common outlook, while we all have our specialist roles, going back to the classic question of marketing, which is, what is a marketer? Is it time at last in 2022 to define what a marketer is? Is there any chance of it happening? Are we going to move away from 10 different marketers, 10 different definitions of marketing, Gemma Butler? By Christmas Eve this year, will we all be able to say collectively in unison what a marketer is? No, <laughs> absolutely not. You will never define what a marketer is because marketers all have different views and 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 different um, sort of opinions on it. I think, you know, to Claire's point, 
um, around, you know, how how businesses uh, work and um, and the different things that they're they're taking on, and defining what your purpose is a business is one of the primary things you need to do. The other thing it is for me is it goes back to the culture of your organisation, and you know, and we talk about Edie and I. Unless you have people within your organisation from a range of different, you know, backgrounds and ethnicities and genders. And, you know, we really do look at that whole neurodiverse piece. Um, then, you know, that that's what will go to shape your culture. And actually that will bring the information in and, and different ways of working. And if you've got a culture and an organisation that looks a very certain way and acts a very certain way and makes decisions, you know, in the same way, your business will stay in that in that space won't it I think you know culture and who works for your organization is absolutely critical to whether your organization is going to fly as we go into the future or whether it is going to get left behind it is said Claire Kemsley that culture eats strategy for breakfast get the culture right and the strategy will look after itself yes I have heard that uh, more than once. But what I do think uh, really matters here is that the conversation today in itself is interesting because around a board table, when do you have the conversation around sustainability, the importance of communication around data um, and around dg They happen in the boardroom, but from a different perspective. You will have a different function that talks about ed You'll have a different function that talks about the data and the tech piece normally. And then if you are lucky, and, and there's lots of aggressive businesses we deal with, you will actually some responsible for sustainability. But all of those conversations don't often happen um, in the marketing space. And therefore, I think, will, will marketing be defined today, as Gemma says, absolutely not. But I do think, I really do think, and I see that this is a moment in time, as I say, I say to my uh, the, the, the customers that we deal with a lot, a moment in time, marketing can define itself and, and can change the definition of, 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 of what it does through using these three particular huge pieces of conversation. And so I think if we look at communication, um, going back to your point, Gemma, it's so critical. If I can just refer back briefly to that EDNI survey we did, talking about communication and, and us being responsible for it in marketing. Communication, obviously, is about progress, isn't it? We can't progress without communication. We can't make great decisions without communication. We can't drive really positive, purposeful strategy without communication. And yet, on one small piece in the EDNI report, 45% of marketing professionals said their employer does not share the progress they're making to improve, for example, EDNI in their organisation. So if we take that as a point, if we're not even sharing internally the good stuff we might be doing, then I would suggest we're not communicating externally, Gemma, as a brand, the good stuff we want to be doing. And it's not about being completely different all the time. I go back to um, Dr. Simon Kelly's book that he co-authored with Paul Johnson and Stacey um, Denhauser. You know, I remember the, the you of, of, of value, his competency chain was unique. But he said unique doesn't actually make you useful. So we need to be aware also that just to be talking about sustainability, potentially with a louder voice than our other competitors in our marketplace, doesn't mean we're doing anything good about it or doesn't mean that we're really communicating what we're trying to do about it. So I, I think there is a moment here, a marketing moment to, to take these three huge subjects. And I think, Gemma, as a marketing director, we need to take the voice. 
we need to take that voice wider uh, than just a boardroom conversation. An interesting point, isn't it? The things that have made a lot of marketers therefore what I've described as the three huge juggernauts of marketing, sustainable, EDNI and data actually represent an opportunity for something that's going to unify the sector and give us common goals. We've talked about common purpose. We've talked about context. We've talked about communicating and being part of that culture. And if we do that, Gemma Butler, we do have a chance to make not a definition of what, what a marketer is, because that definition will vary over time and between each marketer. But we will be able to define a commonality as marketers, which will enable us to drive our organisations forward. Absolutely. There is always an opportunity where there is a challenge. And I think those organisations that can can pull those things together can work those marketing functions that can work across all of the other functions within their business. For those marketers who can manage up and shout where it's not coming from the boardroom down, they will be the ones, as I said, that will progress. And, you know, and they will do that because they will see the value in bringing in, you know, acting on their EDNI targets or whatever it is that's been set or the or the strategy that's been set behind that by being aware and by using their voice um, both internally and externally. I think that's the way we we drive that change and that evolution of what businesses need to do and look like. Gemma Butler, Claire Kemsley, thank you very much indeed. What a fantastic podcast today. We'll see you both again, I hope very soon indeed. Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing Podcast.